0: I think we should start with your big announcement that uh, Mary got you pregnant, and <laughs> uh, we'll go from there.
1: <laughs> with that intro, welcome to the Dad Bod Podcast. I think we got the episode numbers off, so I'm not gonna say.
0: We should just call this is episode
1: 1267. <laughs> this is episode 1267. Rid it do. so the big announcement is yes we're expecting number three and i wanted to tell you live and get your live reaction and we didn't record for so long is that
0: why you put it in, is that why you put it in the show notes so that you could get a live reaction of me
1: <laughs> well i already told you it already came out so i just put it in the show notes because me and chris hung out and it had been so long since we recorded i felt bad that i hadn't told him yet because I've, t- I already told a bunch of other people though so it's a uh, it's been a strain on our relationship, me and Chris's relationship.
0: Yep. Um, I mean, we could recap uh, that that guys' night we had with our ex roommate Spencer Montgomery, but it it really was just a night of uh, drinking really expensive soda and playing Mario Kart. So, <laughs> um, there's not a whole lot to recap there. But yes, you did in that moment announced that that Mary is having a baby and you're hoping to confirm that you're the father soon. So
1: Yeah, a baby girl in October. So we're excited.
0: Nice. So do you have preference or were you just like, at this point, we don't care what gender?
1: We had a boy and a girl, so I didn't have a strong preference. Boys pee on you um a lot more when they're infants because it just shoots up when you pull the diaper off.
0: So Wait, are you insinuating that girls have like like adult bladder control when they come out of the womb and, and boys don't? Because I've got three girls and I would like to refute that theory right now on the air.
1: No, they definitely don't. But the boy's equipment allows them to shoot straight up at you like it hits you, whereas the girls, it just is like kind of a puddle everywhere.
0: Um, I prefer where I can move the, uh, the pistol end away from where <laughs> I don't want it to hit versus, uh, some sort of amorphous body that the liquid could come any direction and I have no control or prediction where it's going to go.
1: No, you don't have good... <laughs> No, you take the diaper off and you get peed on like almost instantly. There's no control. There's no control. I got peed on way less with, with my boy than with or with my girl than with my boy, for sure. Did you get peed on a lot with your girls?
0: <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> uh, just uh, so we were at, uh, we, we we just have 4th of July, and we were at um, a major celebration. You know, they had a like, street fair and carnival stuff, and they had a parade. And my youngest, bless her heart, she's three, she had a UTI, but we didn't know it until we got down to we traveled all the way down to, to the celebrations and she started complaining like uncontrollably about um every time she had to pee and also when you have a uti it's common that you have to pee more and so i'm like holding her while she's crying and all of a sudden i'm like gosh her tears she's crying so much they're they're getting all over me and i realized she was actually peeing all over me and i had her like close really close to my body so i'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the middle of a city where I can't go home and change easily at all. And I'm completely covered head to toe in urine while my three-year-old is sobbing uncontrollably because she's got a UTI that I can't treat until I take her to the urgent care later that afternoon.
1: That is so sad. Yeah. How, how, so how do they even, oh man, I didn't even know you could get a UTI that young. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, she's potty training, which is another conversation. And I don't always do a great job of wiping her after when she's potty training. And apparently that helps to cause it. Uh, So can we just
1: say wiping kids while they're potty training is one of the worst things in the world. It's one of my least favorite things.
0: Uh, It's also not great wiping them when they're not potty training. I would just caveat that with wiping children in general.
1: That's true. That's fair. I feel like the potty is almost worse though, because they're like weird. There's weird angles. At least when they're on the floor, it's like, more
0: straightforward. Yep. All right. So you've got baby names as a topic here. So uh, first of all, how do you and Mary vet baby names, and uh, and and then you know what what are you what are your final options here? Let's uh, get my, get my live reaction of these.
1: Yeah. So the process. I don't even know what our process is of coming up with baby names. We have a list, like an ongoing list of, of names we've kind of accumulated, and then. Mary, Mary likes looking at family names. I I'm fine with family names, but it's not, um, we have a few family names that we, that we named our kids after it's, it's not like it has to be a family name. So we, we kind of looked at different sources, books and websites and family, family, um, trees to, to get some names So that's kind of our process as we talk about it. And then when they're born, it comes down to we're usually down to two names by the time they're born. And then I I don't know how I can't even tell you how we decided our our kids names. It just kind of happened. So what we're down to now is the list. I don't know. Things come on the list and then they leave the list and then they come on. So my front runner is Maya. I like the name Maya.
0: Ooh, I love that name. It's My niece's name is Maya. I think it's a beautiful name.
1: Yeah, all right. And then another name in the mix is Mia.
0: So so th- the same name.
1: <laughs> no, Mia, not Maya. Mia.
0: I can't tell if you're being serious or sarcastic right now. We're being serious. It's, I don't know, it's on the list. It's basically the same name. I mean, it's like, f- it's like saying I'm having a son. I'm choosing between Chris and Christopher.
1: No, it's not that similar. What? Mia, Maya? It's different. Okay, this is going in the dad pod pod Facebook poll. <laughs> All right, we'll put it on a poll and see. I think I'll win. I think I've won every poll, so I'm not afraid.
0: <laughs> wow, okay, the listeners are on my side. Gauntlet the, has been thrown.
1: The side of balance. Um,
0: Adeline is one. I like Adeline a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Is is the last one Adeline? <laughs> That was funny. That was a good one.
1: <laughs> They're wildly
0: different. Okay, keep going.
1: Nelly is one that Mary likes a lot.
0: I forget you were a uh, you were a major country grammar fan <laughs> in college. So
1: that's what I always think of. That is, <laughs> it's getting hot in here. <laughs>
0: So if you name your daughter Nellie, I'm going to tell your wife when I see her that secretly you were just a massive Nellie fan in college <laughs> and this was just an homage. Your daughter's a living homage to him forever. <laughs> and every time you guys walk in the door for dinner, I'm gonna blast. It's getting hot in here as you're walking.
1: <laughs> it's our walk-in music.
0: Like, n- <laughs> no, that's happening.
1: One thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast, we have launched a facebook discussion group so if you want to talk about the episodes after they're posted you can join our our facebook discussion group to talk about episodes vote on who is right on certain topics and (laughs) talk about anything else related to parenting so that's that's on facebook i'll put a link to it as well um I don't think you're a member of the Facebook chain page. I think I sent you a, a link, but I don't know if you've joined the discussion group yet.
0: It's a, a moral stance I've taken <laughs> for parents who uh, insist on choosing between two names that are the exact same.
1: One thing I wanted to talk about was we took Luke and Nora to their first movie in the movie theater.
0: The The remake of Child's Play. Is that what you took them to?
1: <laughs> yep, that was the one. No, we went and saw Toy Story 4. And this was Luke's first movie. He, he kind of gets scared with movies, so we haven't taken him to a theater. Um, and we got some free tickets, so we decided to go. And the whole movie, they were both, like, wanting to leave, like, the whole time. So we had to bribe him with candy and popcorn to get him to stay to watch a movie. It felt backwards to me. Normally, they want to watch shows. It was the weirdest thing in the world. And kind of frustrating because I felt like they should want to be there. But then we were bribing them to stay at this thing that seemed like it was fun. But apparently it
0: wasn't fun. So pro tip, couple things when taking your kids to the movie. And you should have consulted me. I am, I am your, I know your lifeline for all parental challenges is me. <laughs> so a um, couple pro tips. Number one, how old is Nora? Uh,
1: Nora turns two in a couple weeks.
0: So that's pretty aggressively young to take a child to a movie um so i'm not surprised nora couldn't do that uh we tried taking audrey around too and basically the only way i could keep her in there is if i let her eat the popcorn off the ground <laughs> um
1: sounds about right
0: yeah so but starting around three is when they can do it one thing that we did uh you could ease your kids into it with like those free movies that are on the screen in like a park and kind of kind of prep luke or your kids. And and, I, and you kind of say, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to experience the same kind of thing. The other thing is, too, I try to show up like 15 minutes after the showtime starts because kids get antsy. And if you have 15, 20 minutes worth of previews and you have a long kids movie, uh, and uh, then your kids are never going to sit through it. And once in a blue moon, Disney will have like a mini 30-minute movie before the movie. And it's like a two-hour and 40-minute experience where there's no child on Earth who could sit through it. Um So another pro tip is just showing up 15 minutes into it. So you're only seeing the actual movie itself and kids only have to pay attention for the actual length of the movie.
1: Yeah. That's a good idea. We showed up early. It was, it was not good by that time. By the time the movie started, I feel like we had burned all, you know how like with kids you have a certain amount of like stay still time. It's about 10 or 15 minutes. And then once you've burned through that, they're like, (laughs) okay, they're just going to move around the whole time.
0: You have to offer incentives at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So before the movie even started, we were giving him, like, popcorn and treats and stuff. So we we're, we're, were in a bad spot. Those are good tips. It's good to know. Um, it just felt backwards to me because I feel like it's something that they should want to do. <laughs> and I was thinking, I don't really care. I don't care if I see Toy Story 4. This is something you should want.
0: <laughs> you're, you're threatening them with something they don't care about? We'll leave. It's like, okay, Dad, let's go. Um but you know but kids do this thing all the time where they'll be like hey i want this for dinner then you'll spend 30 minutes making it they're like actually i want something else so i mean <laughs> what kids want is a mystery it changes like the weather so um i'll never figure that out
1: yeah well you have some big uh, life life events coming up in the fall right you want to talk about those
0: yeah, so this fall is going to be kind of intense for the Lamo family. Um, my wife, Christina, is going to full time grad school. She's been, my wife's been an incredible support for me the last eight years as I've gone through grad school and worked. And we're done having kids, and uh, our oldest are going to second grade, and our youngest is going to be in all day preschool. And my wife's going to travel and go to a full uh, full time, all day grad school, master's in public administration. Uh, program and be with a cohort of 30 students this fall, and so I'm having to coordinate uh, my work schedule, her her school schedule, pickup, drop off. We're splitting pickup, drop off, and parental du- duties exactly 50 50 um, down the line, and so I'll be working from home two days a week, um, and, and so uh, it's just going to be kind of intense. There's like no margin for error, and so I'm like really excited but I'm also scared out of my mind and yeah I I think when you check in with me a couple weeks into this fall it's going to be interesting
1: you're going to have some good stories I'm excited this will be some good content
0: well I'm going to be like a regular like uh, carpool dad and so I I only occasionally carpool so I'm going to have some pretty uh, phenomenal carpooling stories with (laughs) uh, some other kids at my girls school I would imagine so we'll tee those up when that happens
1: make sure to make sure to get them to sign the disclosures so we can use their names and stuff.
0: I'll just bring them to the live pod during Mary's labor and we'll kind of, we'll sort (laughs) it out.
1: So what are you most, what are you most concerned about this, this transition? And what are you most excited about with this transition?
0: So I'm most freaked out about like one of my daughters is sick or has bonked her head and the school calls and they need one of us to go pick them up. And my wife and I are both an hour away from the school and one of us, either she has to leave class early or I have to leave work early to sort that out and to, to get them. Um, or more realistically, just get me on the phone and, and tell them that we'll fix their concussion when I get back from work. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and the other thing is, too, I occasionally travel for work. And so I've already got a couple uh, like dates mapped out where I'm going to be traveling for conferences and clients and stuff. And uh, I have like my mom, who's a flight attendant. Uh, who's going to come in for a few days and my sister whose husband's going to be on six months paternity leave is going to help us a few times and so filling in those gaps and then also I have no idea what we're going to do in the summers starting next summer like literally no clue I guess I'm going to hire some nanny but I I, I'm totally out of my element and going to have to figure that out as it comes but yeah and did you say what you're excited about so I think I'm mostly excited about uh, more time with my kids, and I uh, with work, I, I oftentimes don't get to spend as much time with them. I get to see them. Uh, I go to work. I leave for work about 4.30 in the morning every morning, and, uh, and even though I get home 5.36, um, it, it's not a ton of time with my kids, and uh, I, I'm excited to have more time with them. I am excited for my wife to uh, to self actualize and to grow, and for my kids to see her as that example. Um, going to grad school, and also I'm really, really, really excited for a second income. So um, <laughs> I, I have no qualms about that. So yeah,
1: cool. I think uh, I think we talked about this on the podcast, but anytime you can get more um, time just with you and your kids doing the normal day-to-day stuff. I think it really helps your perspective as a dad and one to like empathize if, if you have a, a wife that's or a partner, that's spending time with the kids the majority of the time, it helps you understand like what they're going through. It helps your relationship with your kids and then it just helps you just become a better parent in general. So I think like increasing that time, I think that'll be really cool.
0: Yeah, no, I think it'll be really good. And, uh, I think my wife and I have this ambitious goal to have like total equilibrium in parent, parental homemaking and, uh, you know, professional responsibilities. And so I think our dream is to both of us have us work 35 to 40 hours a week and both co-parent. And I think this is like, um, the major, major step towards accomplishing that goal. And so it'll be interesting.
1: That's great. It'll be fun to have Christina come on sometime. and, And when you guys are going through this, talk about it, see, See so, yeah, how you guys feel about everything. So congrats yeah. to her and good luck to you. That'll be Thanks. fun to hear about.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting for sure.
1: One thing that I thought would be fun was uh, we talked about doing this like an Ask Dad Bod um, segment and we don't have anyone submitting anything they want to ask us, but I did find some things on on Reddit. Um, they have a bunch of different uh threads on like parenting um questions and stuff like that so i picked out a few that i thought it'd be fun to kind of just like talk through and and see
0: how you'd answer it um by the way i prefer you lie and say these came from our audience and not came from reddit <laughs> so so well, these are asked dad Bot questions oh you got all these these are from wow these are quite a few from all of our fans yeah these are from our fans they from... they submitted them on our facebook group cool awesome yeah i'm really excited about that yeah i I like to engage with them so let's we can't get to all of them today but we'll get we'll get to some of the more popular ones okay
1: so the first one is i'm going to try and summarize this so dear parents as a non-parent how do i become a better friend to you my best friend has two children lives across the country and i can't even process what her day-to-day is like i never wanted children and it seems like a lot of effort for two little beings that drive you crazy I feel selfish wanting more time from her and she feels bad for not giving me enough time. That said, I want her to, th- to authentically give me time when she's had time for herself. So I don't want her to put in more effort just to make me happy. I'd settle for five minutes every two weeks. Even saying this, I'm feeling like I'm asking too much. So I think the sentiment of this question is, you know, how do parents and non-parents maintain those friendships? Have you experienced this or what are, what are your thoughts around that?
0: So I think the temptation is, especially when you have a friend who has their first child, is to feel an obligation to only talk about the child. And honestly, I think most parents, moms and dads, would prefer that you just keep your friendship as normal and just talk about the kids when it organically comes up but don't force the issue. I would just treat them as your normal friend. Don't ignore the fact that they have kids, but also don't don't try to make it this uh, thing that you feel obligated to only make your friendship about child rearing. You know what I mean? So I think try to keep your friendship as it always was as best you can. But r- the one thing I would say is recognize that if you don't have kids, then getting together, checking in on the phone, texting, it's on the parent's timetable like all the time because they have additional responsibilities. Just like... If, uh, if you had a friend who, uh, who is in college, who worked part-time while they're in college and you didn't work, you have to be on that friend who works their timetable because they have a part-time job. And I think with new obligations, you just have to understand that. And if you can go into it knowing that it, they kind of dictate the terms of when you can engage. Now they don't dictate the terms of how you engage, but when and how often, yes. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think it's interesting Because I think when you go through big transitions like this, like when your friends get married and then they have kids or they go through other big changes, you really kind of get a a good insight into how healthy or good that friendship was to begin with. A lot of times I think those friendships just stop, right? And those relationships end because one or one or both of the parties didn't feel, you know, strongly enough or didn't feel that friendship strong enough to to keep it going. So I think in a way, those those types of events really weed them out. And if they don't, if you want to maintain those. Those relationships, I think it's super important to understand that things are just going to going to be different and you have to find what the new normal is. Right. So kind of to what you're speaking to the timetables will be different what you can do at what time is going to change and like i think a good friendship is based on you know people sacrificing and and so you know i think it is hard for for some people to adjust to parents schedules or sometimes new parents all they talk about is their kids and and um you kind of have to be patient and understanding and and if that's difficult for some people then um, you have to have the hard conversation of, Hey, you know, we need to talk about different things. And I think, I think it's silly to think that a friendship isn't, isn't like any other relationship where you have to put effort and thought and, uh, and time into it. So, um, that's kind of what I was thinking with, with that question.
0: It was good. Uh, I want to thank Jonathan, one of our longest listeners for submitting <laughs> that question,
1: thanks, Jonathan. The next question is, what is your viewpoint on letting kids win? What do you think do you Do you let your kids beat you in things? Do you have like a balance of letting them win and
0: then you winning? No, I don't let them win like basically ever. Um, I think it's the kind of thing where if you start that, it's really hard to stop, and that if you set the expectation, it's just going to make it that much harder when they lose. I just treat them like normal um, so it doesn't mean that when i play candyland i'm brutal and i destroy them but it also means that uh like we play mario kart and one of my daughters is much better than the other and i just like kind of let it play out and also with twins that's a major thing where honestly any given thing one of them just happens to be better than the other and it's not always the same twin it's usually you know pretty good mix 50 50 of who's gonna be better but I think this is something that my wife and I are pretty aligned on is is we don't we don't let them win. We kind of teach them the value of of losing and teach them the value of dealing with uh trials. And I think your ability to expose your children to hard things and teach them how to emotionally cope with that is arguably the most important thing you can teach your kids.
1: Yeah. We I've let Luke win. I, I kind of balance it. I think my approach has been you know a lot of times if if you beat someone over and over again they don't want to ever do it again so my my the way i approach it is i want him to still you know want to play games or have competitions um but i also want him again to your point to understand like that sometimes you lose and you need to you need to deal with it and so i've kind of gone back and forth Um, And it's not like we're playing like serious games. It's like we we do races or whatever. Um,
0: What games are you playing with Luke when you emotionally coddle him?
1: (laughs) We race up the stairs. Sometimes I let him win the race up the stairs.
0: (laughs) But I think that's a good point because it's one thing to play a really long game with a child and then to have them lose. But if you play games with them that are really, really quick, um, then it's okay for them to experience losing because the chance of them winning, like the, the emotional hit of losing isn't as strong, but they're still learning the lesson. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I try and balance it just cause I, um, I want him to still, he's, he's the type of kid that, um, I think needs s- some reinforcement. Otherwise I could see him just kind of totally like disen- disengaging, and so it's, I'm trying to like approach it like <laughs> in a healthy way. Cause I'm very aware of what you're speaking to about, you know, not experiencing losing. And, and even now, like when I beat him, um, he gets really frustrated. And, and so I'm trying to teach him those skills of like, this is how you deal with it. You want to be a good sport, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it's been hard. Like it's hard to, to help him understand those things. Um, but I like that he he wants to win, right? He wants to try and and give a good effort. So, uh, I think it's definitely something that's been on my mind. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Uh, I don't know if there is a right way, um, but I do think erring towards trying to teach him the hard things and how to to cope with those is is kind of what I is what I prefer.
0: Um, yeah. The only other thing I'd add to that is. Sometimes, you know, handling emotional issues is just about acknowledging emotions. And one thing it's good to acknowledge is in the middle of playing a game, let's say, you know, we'll play Jenga as a family, for example. We just pa- we can pause in the middle of it but like, hey, isn't this fun? Isn't everybody having a good time in the middle of the game when nobody's winning or losing? And it's a good reminder for them to acknowledge emotionally that they're having fun in the middle of the game so that if they do lose, they still have a memory of, of that acknowledgement.
1: Yeah, that's a really good idea. that's really good.
0: Well, thanks for tuning in
1: to the Dad Bod podcast. As always, please subscribe and feel free to check out our Facebook page. And if you want to be invited to our Facebook discussion page, there are links on the show notes. Thanks for listening.